0: Here's a story from the world. Washington's top diplomat is once again in the Middle East, trying to find a way to pause the bloody war between Israel and Hamas. That effort hit another obstacle today when Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected demands from Hamas for a ceasefire. We are on the way to an absolute victory, he said. There is no other solution. Israel has signaled that it's planning to expand operations in the city of Rafah in far southern Gaza. About a million Palestinians are crammed into that city near the Egyptian border after repeatedly being told to move south. And now they say they have nowhere left to flee.
1: We are literally trapped between Israeli tanks and Egyptian border in a very narrow piece of land. So what is the options that we have now? What is the solution for us when we are trapped here?
0: Yosef Hamash is with an aid group called the Norwegian Refugee Council. He moved to Rafah with his family months ago. I spoke with him earlier today about what life is like there now.
1: Last night it was a really heavy night. All of the night, the Israeli army was doing, as they call it, a fire belt, which is a continuously bombing in one area, which is literally an earthquake. Israeli tanks are less than one kilometer away from us, so I can clearly hear the clashes, the bombing, and... The airstrikes is very clear. Every day, continuously, there is house targeting, or yesterday, for example, they attack members of police who were escorting the aid truck. After they delivered it, they attack them in their way back. That's one among many, many other attacks came into Rafah.
0: That must be terrifying to live through.
1: It is, it is, but where are we going to go? On one side, we have the Israeli tanks, on the other side, we have the Egyptian border. So what is the solution for us when we are locked here and all of the Israeli media and the Israeli spokesperson who's talking about the ground operation is going to take a place in Rafah as a next step? Th- that's a huge concern for us because we don't we run out of solutions. We were running from a place to the other, from a place to the other. So where we are going to go now?
0: What are your options? I mean, if, if strikes become increasingly intense, what will you do?
1: Imagine a situation of a household, a head of a household who doesn't have the ability to find the bread for his children. Since we, the, the Israeli media and everyone start to talk about the next step of the military operation in Rafah, I'm thinking how I'm going to provide safety and shelter. And unfortunately, I don't have options. Either I have to go back to the middle area where the bombing is more intense, or I should, I don't know, should I find a solution to go back to the north or be killed by the Israelis in the way back while... 85% of the housing unit in the North and City were totally destroyed. So the other option is that the Israelis are going to start this ground operation in Rafah, and we will they will push everyone towards the Egyptian border. And I don't think we are welcomed there.
0: Mm. How old are your kids, and, and how are they doing?
1: And I have Elia, five years old, and Ahmed, two years and a half. Yani I, I, I also ran out of of lies in front of my children, of justification for what's going on while we are here and when we are going to our home because we don't have a home anymore. We don't have a house anymore to go back for. So even I still have that feeling that in front of my children, somehow I'm useless. But what I can do is some, some food, something to drink. If we were lucky, I would have biscuits. As a father, this is the only role that I can do. Even in terms of safety, I cannot protect them from air strikes. And imagining my son, who's two years and a half, now can understand the difference between a tank shell or an airstrike. strike. My, my son understands the noise of airstrikes like there is bombing. That's an airplane. Our children went through. I don't think that anyone on, on this planet can handle it. And they are children. And all what we can do as father is to keep trying and trying to convince them that we are safe here, to provide them whatever we can. But unfortunately, it's not enough. And the, the feeling that you are useless in front of, it, of your children is very painful. Hmm. We need years to recover mentally from this war.
0: So when they ask you what happens next or where where can we be safe or when does this end, what do you say to your kids?
1: I am lucky because they are young, five years old. Ilya just always asking about when you are going to our home. They don't ask more than that. I hope they are not going to grow un- under the circumstances. And it's not only about the war itself. It's what's coming after. Before the war, Gaza was having one of the highest employment rate on this planet. We need years and years to recover.
0: When you do think about where you and your children will be in, say, five or 10 years, you know, so much of Gaza, as you say, has been destroyed. So even after this ends, do you still see yourself in Gaza?
1: I'll be honest with you. A few days ago, there is a news that was misquoted by one of the media outlets about a ceasefire. Everyone in Gaza thought that they both agreed and we have a ceasefire. Everyone starts to shout, scream, whistling in the street because we people are starving to have such a news. I had a different opinion towards that. When I ha- I didn't have internet connection, I thought it's a true news, and thousands of people were whistling, shouting in the street. So I thought, okay, that's that's the truth. There is a truce or a ceasefire. I start to think about what I have and what's coming next after this war. It was shocking even just to think about it. We don't have anything for us. There is nothing remaining to us to build on. We have to start from the scratch. Mm. And it's not only about having a house. There is no infrastructure. There is no sewage network. There is no water network. There is no electricity network. It, it's it's unimaginable situation that even I personally... I avoid thinking about that because now I'm in a survival mood. I keep com- convincing myself. Now my role is to secure my family needs, trying to survive. Then we will think about that. But I, 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 when I had the news that it's it's over, I sincerely believe that I'm not ready. Mm. I'm not ready. Mentally, we are not ready to, to, to start recovering or restoring our life. Somehow, unfortunately, we adapt as this is our reality now. In yeah. a war zone, all of my family is living in a tent. Now the Israeli army is announcing areas block by block, and it feels that we don't have any future remaining for us as Palestinians who are trapped now in Gaza.
0: You've said that, that there's nowhere left for you and the million other people crammed into Rafah to go. You're you know, up against the Egyptian border. If there are increased strikes, what is your plan?
1: I don't know literally what's waiting for us in the next minute. I don't have any option or any idea what I'm going to do if the ground operation started I, I Literally, I, I have no solutions. It's It's really crazy, honestly, when you think about it. You feel that the world is collapsing.
0: That's Yosef Hamash, an aid worker and resident of Gaza, who's now sheltering with his children in the southern city of Rafa.